Well, welcome to the Mean Green Money podcast from the Student Money Management Center here at UNT, where we talk about all things financial. And today is an exciting time of the year as many students get ready to graduate and take the first step out into their professional careers. Uh, maybe some students are going on to graduate school. So today we're going to hear from our own money management peer mentors to hear about what they anticipate as a transition financially after graduation and what their plans are. So if you don't mind, just take a moment and introduce yourselves. Today we have with us... Hi, I'm Becca. You've probably heard me a lot on the Mean Green Money podcast before, but I will be graduating in a couple weeks. Um, I'm a finance major. I've been a peer mentor here on the outreach team for almost three years, and uh, I'm excited to, to graduate. All right, we're, we're excited for you. Hey, y'all. I'm Michael. Uh, I'm the graduate assistant here for the Student Money Management Center. I am a graduate student and am graduating within two weeks. Praise God. Um, and I uh, am a higher education major and am currently in the job search process for multiple positions around the country. And last but not least, I'm Sean. I'm the, the customer service representative here. Um, I'm graduating with an environmental science degree and a, a plant science concentration. And I'm also graduating in two weeks and I'm counting down the minutes. So. Yeah, we're excited for all of you guys and we're excited for all of our other graduates. So today we just want to talk about how you started to vote or are starting to prepare financially for what life would be after graduation. So I have a few questions for you guys. So the first thing is, what is your plan after graduation? What are What's going to be happening? Tell us a little bit about that. So, I'm moving to St. Louis. Um, I got a job in Chesterfield, which is about 20 minutes outside of the city. So I'm going to be working at a financial planning company, doing... Uh, my official title is a para planner, so I'll be doing that and trying to study to uh, take the CFP in November and hopefully become a certified financial planner in a couple of years. For me, I am currently looking at institutions um, north, uh, so not anywhere where it's hot. I've lived in Texas my whole life and kind of want to get away from the heat and from the the southern region. So a lot of what I'm looking for is just trying to find if a fit is good for me and trying to find if a position is good for me, whether that be in multicultural affairs or just academic advising. All right, Sean? I'm interested in um, working in the cannabis industry, and to do that, I have a few hurdles to jump, like uh, moving to a legal state and uh, obtaining something called a med badge, which makes me um, legal or permitted to work with cannabis. Um, so there are a few steps before I could do any of those things to get a job. <laughs> all right. So we're all kind of, or you're all kind of in different processes, different places in your post-graduation plans. So tell me, what uh, do you anticipate will be the biggest financial hurdle you will have uh, transitioning from a student and into your careers? I think for me, the biggest financial hurdle is moving. <clears throat> so I am a first-generation low-income student. Uh, when I was an undergrad here, I was an Emerald Eagle Scholar, so my family doesn't have a lot of money to help provide when it comes to moving or really anything uh, with big expenses. So one of the things that's been on my mind a lot is how am I going to be saving money or how am I going to be prepared uh, when it comes to if I get a job in, let's say, Vermont or let's say New York, something like that. Um, because it's a big thing and 
you have to think about, like, I have to find an apartment. Apartments usually are going to ask if you have at least two months rent available. Um, and you have to look into where, like, what's the cost of living in that area? Like, are bills going to be higher or lower than where I'm at? All right. Anybody else anticipating some financial changes? Yeah, I think for me, I got pretty lucky um, because my boyfriend is also moving to the same city and we had a deal where I would pay for like the apartment deposit and everything and he would pay for the movers. And then our apartment deposit ended up being like $100 where the movers were like 1700 So <laughs> I ended up getting the really good end of that deal. So I think I got lucky there. But the thing that I am thinking about is this is an apartment that needs furniture and for the past couple of years, I've been living in an apartment full of dog-eaten, garbage-picked furniture, and I would really like to have my home be a little bit more enjoyable and sanitary place than that. And furniture is expensive, so I think the biggest thing I'm trying to figure out now is how much am I actually going to be willing to put towards buying furniture, what is worth it, and what can I live without, and you know, how much money, how much money am I willing or able to put up to to make my home a home. All right, so you both kind of talked about some expenses that you might be facing. So what are some things that you have done to start thinking about how you might transition financially? What are some tips that you could give our listeners about how to prepare for your transition? I think kind of laying out what are all the potential costs that I'm going to be looking at uh, is a good place to start. Because figuring out I, if I'm moving into a new apartment, is there going to be a deposit? Is there going to be application fees? Is there going to be all of that stuff? If I'm moving, do I have things that are worth moving? Or is all of my college drunk, you know, need to stay in Denton? But think about those costs. Um, thinking about furniture, if you're going to need that. And I think a big thing that helped me was just taking stock of, you know, when you're comparing different job offers or potential cities that you might move to, uh, I had a potential budget listed for my different job offers. And I had my budget for if I moved to Denver, and I had a budget for if I moved to St. Louis. So then you can be thinking about the financial costs of what does my salary look like compared to my cost of living, how much do I anticipate spending. So that way you're making the decision, knowing what are my what are going to be my transition costs and what is my budget going to look like after I actually move. And considering both of those things together, I think is a helpful way to get started and knowing what it's actually going to look like. And I think you bring up a great point, which I want to hear from you guys about. As you started your job search, did you sort of have an idea of how much you would like to be making salary-wise? Or did you pick a number? Or were you surprised by the salaries or things that you saw out in the marketplace? Yeah, a lot of what I came across was, so in higher education, we kind of all have, everybody who's in the field has a general knowledge of like, when you get your first position, you're probably going to be making like a straight 40000 somewhere in that area a year, um, which is strange for a master's degree because usually you would think a master's degree would probably make a little bit more. Um, but the, the potential for upward mobility and salary raises is a lot higher in higher education as well. Um, but a lot of what I am seeing, I do a lot of research before I go and look for a school in a certain area. So... A lot of the areas that I've been looking for are in the New England the New England area. So the salaries there are higher, which was shocking to me. But then I use, uh, there's this really cool calculator that I've seen on CNN's website where you can compare, like, if I'm making $40,000 in the Dallas, Texas area, what would I need to be making in New York City uh, to kind of make that equal? So, like, if 
you, I, the one that I think of off the top of my head is that I've looked at a lot. Like if you were making 40000 in the Dallas area, to make that an equal amount of pay in New York City, you'd have to be making like $91,000. Like, so it's a big shock on how much, how much more you're going to have to spend in different places sometimes. Okay. And Sean, you're kind of dope. You're sort of in the process. So what yeah. have you sort of looked at and what do you think you need to be making in order to address your living costs? Um, so I know that depending on where I start out, I don't really know what to expect as to um, what a bachelor's degree will do for me in the cannabis industry. So I've sort of developed two plans. The worst case scenario that if I start out at the very bottom and make $15 an hour, like what can I reliably, um, like where can I live in Denver and support myself? Um, but uh, I really don't know what to expect yet. So, Okay, so you're just going in with two feet and just <laughs> yeah. get your, your feet wet in the industry and see where it takes you. And how about you, Becca? Were you surprised by some of the salaries, or were, you, were they pretty spot on for the industry you're in? They were pretty close to what I expected. Um, my goal was always to work at a small company, and so there wasn't as much uh, information out there about what I should be expecting money-wise. Uh, if you go to, you know, payscale or salary.com, you can see a lot of the normal common jobs that people get. But if you search, you know, financial planning associate or paraplanner at a small three-person RAA, there's not a lot of information there that pops up um, as to know what to expect. So I kind of had an idea of a number in my head that I felt like I would be happy making my first year out of college. Um, and my offers were pretty well aligned with kind of what I had in my head that I wanted and what I felt like was fair. Um, and it was nice because I did work with a recruiter as well who could kind of tell me, yes, the number that you want to make is reasonable in this industry, or if it wouldn't have been reasonable, I'm sure he would have told me that as well as, no, that's not reasonable. Maybe you need to adjust your expectations to this. But I felt like things were pretty on par with what I expected. But um, like Michael mentioned, the cost of living in different areas is a big thing because it's tempting to say, oh, I'm going to make $5,000 more in Denver. I should go take that job instead. But then when you look at how much it is to you know, rent an apartment in Denver or all of these other things. You're like, hmm, maybe that uh, that extra money is going to be gone really quickly if I decide to live there instead. So, yeah, considering that that salary was good, and but consider the cost of living for sure. All right, great tip. So apart from salaries and ch changes in cost of living in different places, what other financial habits do you have now, things you spend money on, that you anticipate will change in the future? Are you going to spend more money in one area and less in the other? And have you thought about that? I'll be real. I'm a grad student. I hardly have time for anything with juggling graduate assistantships, uh, relationships that I have with friends, uh, work, just basically everything. So my biggest thing is DoorDash. And I know, like, it's a money hole. But when I get home after a long day, like... I just don't feel like doing anything, and I don't feel like cooking or going out, so I'll DoorDash. Um, but knowing that in the future, my like I'm probably going to be living on my own for a little bit. I'm not going to have roommates like I do now. Um, there's going to be a little bit more flexibility for me. I feel like my, my habits will change from, oh, eating out all the time to, hey, maybe I just want to come home and like make a sandwich or cook, grill some chicken or something something a little bit easier so I'm not throwing all my money into DoorDash like I do on a daily basis. Yeah. And for reference, we're recording this. He's got a half-eaten chicken sandwich. I'm 90% sure it came from DoorDash. So we can attest that that is the truth of Michael's yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
How about for the rest of you? What do you anticipate will change financially? Spending more money in one area, spending less money? Um, so right now, I've already started to restrict what I spend just because I know that, you know, I know what I have in my savings and I know how much relatively it's going to cost to move to Denver and, you know, figure out my life and not have a job for a month or more. And so I've already started eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> sad ramen noodles. It'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so, Michael, you kind of talked about your family earlier. So I just kind of want to get a feel for you guys. Have you talked to your family about what the transition looks like? Are any of you still on cell phone plans, insurance, car insurance, and that's no longer going to be available to you? Sort of what kinds of discussions have you had with your family about your transition as a student into your professional life? Like I said earlier, I think a lot of my conversations have been around uh, the moving aspect. Um, so all of my family, including including extended family, all live in Texas, pretty pretty close to the DFW area. Um, so we've been here for a very long time. Um, but what I've been thinking about a lot in the conversations that I'm having with uh, the two people that I'm closest with in my family, my mom and my aunt, is that I'm going to be moving possibly five, six, seven, eight states away. Um, and I'm not really going to have that sort of safety blanket of, oh, I can go home on the weekend and someone can cook me a meal and I won't have to spend money on food that weekend. Another thing is um, I'm getting close to the cutoff for health insurance because I'm still on my mom's health insurance um, and she still pays for my car insurance. So there's going to be more costs that I'm going to have to take into account that I didn't really think about previously. Like, I'll be honest, I know next to nothing about health insurance or any sort of insurance besides car insurance. Um, and I've never really thought about it. So that's a weird transitioning period that I'm in right now trying to figure out and teach myself about. I definitely had a big conversation with my parents when it comes to health insurance because one of the jobs that I was offered didn't have a group health insurance plan. And it was in Colorado. And the Colorado Exchange, you pay a lot of money for what seems like not a lot of insurance. Um, so I was doing the, hey, mom, like, how much does it cost you to have me on your health insurance? And uh, I still have a few years until I'm 26. Can I just stay on here forever, please? Um, so we did have that conversation um, when it comes to health insurance. Since I will be working in a company with health insurance, I haven't had the, the conversation of am I staying or are you kicking me off um, to know exactly what that's going to look like. Um, but I knew they, they were willing if I needed to stay on their insurance. Um, kind of car insurance, I'm on their insurance, but I'm also paying them for it. So it's kind of already, it might go up a little bit if I'm on my own, but it is baked into my spending a little bit that I already know that's there. Um, the wild card is a cell phone because they've hinted about kicking me off their cell phone plan. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, they haven't given me an official deadline. So we'll, we'll see how that one goes. Hopefully they don't uh, listen to this and, and, and remember that they want to kick me off. <laughs> Well, what about student loans? Do any of you guys have student loans, and have you thought about what that might look like, or do you know uh, people who have student loans, and have you kind of heard what their plan is? I do have student loans. Uh, I've been lucky enough to go throughout my entire college career, grad and undergrad, um, to only accrue about $12,000 in student loans, which isn't bad um, at all, considering that I've been in college for almost six years now. Um, but I am lucky enough to where most higher education jobs will sponsor a loan forgiveness program. Um, so I really just only have to pay the minimum for 
each month up to 10 years, and then they'll kind of waive those fees. Um, but something that I've been thinking more and more about as the, the government has changed and our political climate has changed is that there's been a lot of talks as to ending all sorts of uh, programs that sort of wipe those wipe those loans for people. So a lot of what my thought process is is just like, do, do I need to have a little bit more of a bigger pocket um, when it comes to thinking about payment and what is that going to look like in the future? Like, am I, am I going to be able to rely on a federal loan forgiveness program my entire career? I was fortunate not to accrue any student loans. Um, and yeah, thank goodness. So uh, that's not a problem I have to deal with. So, yeah. And I think that provides you for a lot more opportunities to kind of make the jump that you're making of sort of, I'm not really sure what I'm going to be making in the industry so that leaves you with more opportunity to sort of make some of those um, more unknown type of decisions as well. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. But if you have questions about student loans, come see us at the Money Management Center. We're always happy to help you uh, figure out what your repayment strategy is and kind of talk to you about what the future of repayment might look like as well if you have some doubts like Michael does. So we've talked about a lot of different costs that you might be facing um, as you transition, but I want to hear a little bit about what you're excited about in uh, the changes in your financial life and maybe what financial goals you have for yourself um, as professionals. Saving as much money as possible. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to be making like a grown-up income. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since I've actually made enough money to to save something significant. So I think that'll be exciting. I agree with Sean. A lot of mine comes from the fact that like. I'm excited to make a little bit more money than I've ever really seen uh, throughout my entire life. And the saving aspect is big on that as well. So like starting to plan for retirement, which sounds incredibly far away, but if I start planning now, I could be set up for the rest of my life. Um, and just looking at what that's going to be like for me. Yeah, I think, you know, apart from the money, I'm also moving like to a city. I've never lived in a city before. That's super exciting. Super old building. If you've ever wanted like a creepy old haunted elevator, come visit me in St. Louis. Um, but I'm really excited for that kind of change in atmosphere around me. And financially, I think, yeah, to get started on all of these financial goals, because there are things like, you know, saving for retirement or building an emergency fund that I've done throughout college, but it's looked different because it's just a portion of a giant chunk of financial aid that comes in mm. versus me putting in a dedicated effort every month for a couple of like, you know, over years of time. So I'm really excited to kind of see what that looks like and um, kind of look at the, make, be making those decisions about, I do I want to put this money towards a house? Do I want to put it towards retiring so I can retire earlier? Do I just want to be able to go on a cool vacation? I'm excited to have that, you know, recurring income to be able to do all of those things versus just a chunk at the end of the uh, beginning of the semester and, you know, who knows what happens for the rest of the semester. We're excited for you guys to achieve your financial goals. And that kind of leads me to my last question for you. As you get closer to graduation in less than two weeks, what is the number one financial tip that you have picked up that you feel could anybody could use and apply in their life, whether they're a student or a professional? Uh, tell me a little bit about what is something that you will carry with you in your financial life after you leave us here at the Money Management Center. I, I would say that if, I mean, everyone manages manages their money in their own way, but in my personal opinion, if you don't have a budget, then you're probably not doing it right. Um, I think having a budget is essential because you know where your money is and where it's going, and it, what's the harm that making one could do. So that's fine. I think mine is um, 
just the knowledge of how easy it is to save. Like, even if you just set, like, if you get a paycheck for however much amount of money, just set aside $50, because you never know when you're going to need that $50 in the future. Uh, I've run into some really bumpy times that if I didn't ever save a portion of my paycheck, that I might not have made it through. Um, so just knowing that saving is pretty, like, it's pretty easy to do, but also it's very, very helpful in the future as well. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is keeping your fixed expenses low and mm. not like setting a precedent that you have a lot of money, so now you're going to spend a lot of money. So I think for me, my I'm going to be paying like $75 more in rent next year than I'm paying right now, even though I'm making a lot more money. Uh, so keeping those fixed expenses as low as possible, because if you decide that you want to save more in the future, or if an emergency comes up, you might, it might be 12 months before you can change how much you can pay in rent. So making sure that you're really intentional about making those decisions. And then trying not to, you know, go on a spending spree. I try to have a rule for myself is that, like, it's okay to splurge sometimes, but not if it's a time where it's going to become a habit. Um, so, you know, I'll go to Starbucks sometimes, but I won't go to Starbucks all the time um, or on the way to some place that I go all the time because if I know if I stop for Starbucks on the way home from work once, I'm going to want to stop start there. Or I'm going to want to go to Starbucks every day. So just trying to, you know, enjoy yourself a little bit, but not set a precedent for having a daily or a weekly extravagant spending can be really helpful. Great. Anything you guys want to leave um, and part upon uh, our students and listeners before we sign off today? Hmm. Come visit the Student Money Manager. Yeah. Yes, we're here for two more weeks and we yeah. want to help you. <laughs> well, we're so excited for you guys and all of our graduates. We hope that you all achieve your financial and professional goals. And just know that even though you're graduating and you may not be here at UNT anymore, the Student Money Management Center is always here for you. We're here for our alumni, and, and that includes our former, uh, soon-to-be former staff as well. And so if you ever have questions in your financial life, know that we're a resource for you and we're rooting for you and your financial success always. So congratulations. And with that, we will sign off. Bye. Bye. Bye.